Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What's up, guys and girls? What's going on? Welcome to the show. Girls and guys, mostly. Ladies and gents. Ladies and gents. I wonder how many male listeners we have. 
I think we it's like 30% of our audience. 30%? Yeah. Based on your estimates. Based on my surveys. Yeah. <laughs> cool. What's up, guys? How and you doing? 70% girls. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We have a, another great show with the return guest, Dr. Paulette Sherman. And Dr. Sherman is a psychologist who specializes in romantic relationships and coaches singles and couples to attract and maintain fulfilling relationships. And she's a total underachiever. Right. There. She has written <laughs> 22 books on said topics, such as their soon to come out book. Maybe it'll be out by the time you listen to this. Um, Facebook dating from first date to soulmate. And uh, she's definitely a wealth of knowledge. And we talk about in today's episode, how to prioritize your happiness, which is an important thing. I think between our relationships, our jobs, and especially kids, um, we talk about on the show, it's easy to forget about maintaining your own happiness and pursuing hobbies or something as simple as taking a 20 minute bath every once in a while for some alone time. Right. Like Dr. Sherman talks about her little ritual in the show. Um, So a lot of value in understanding how we can balance that in the relationship because you don't want to be like, Hey, it's all about me and my happiness is a priority because, uh, the relationship and if you have kids or a dog or whatever, you know, there's some other things to balance. But, uh, if you can maintain that balance, uh, you are going to have a happier life. Yeah. She gives us a, really a lot of tools to implement in the relationship or just to, how to talk to your partner about setting up those rituals within your life. So I really love those. And I, I'm looking forward to implementing um, some of those tools that she gave us into my life and to uh, prioritize what makes me happy. I think you should Sarah doesn't <laughs> do it enough. So if you're listening, do it, do it, prioritize yes. your happiness. Or if you're kind of like me and, you're good at prioritizing your happiness, <laughs> communicate better with your partner in a way that makes it uh, more balanced in the relationship. So thank you guys for tuning in as always, leaving those five-star reviews on iTunes. That helps us out a ton. Checking out our relationship course, sparkmyrelationship.com. Sarah did an amazing job putting that together and the feedback has been awesome. Uh, There's a lot of great stuff in there in the link as always is in our show notes. Or you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock and get a special offer just for our podcast listeners. Yeah. So check that out and enjoy today's show. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock.
Hi, Paulette. Thank you so much for joining us back on the show. Hi, Sarah. It's wonderful to be here. My pleasure. Paulette, we like to start our shows now. I don't think we started it this way when you're on last back in episode, what was it? 120 something. But we like to start our shows now with having you tell us and our listeners why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Okay. I love helping people um, improve their relationships because I think I'm a huge romantic and I really believe in the transformative power of being in a relationship, of learning what is wonderful about you and also where you need to grow. And I feel like relationships are the best vehicle in order to do that. Um, I love seeing families be strong for the next generation and just people learning where their blocks to love are and how to remove them and how to be loved more and more, which is one of the reasons I feel we're here. So. It is certainly a beautiful thing and it takes a lot of work. And that's why we love interviewing people like yourself, get that information for uh, for our own relationship, Sarah and I, and share it with our listeners. So it is a, a pleasure to have you back on. And today's topic is one that's super important. And I have uh, some uh, particular questions that relate to, to Sarah and I's relationship, and that is prioritizing your happiness uh, in the relationship. So to me, it's uh, just the word prioritizing. It's like, well, do we mm-hmm. prioritize the relationship first or our own happiness? Maybe that's a good way to start, and then we can roll from there. Yes. And I'm curious also right now, I kind of remember from whenever I was on the show before that you guys had a little child, I think it was a girl, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I know that that also um, can complicate it even more, right? Because we already have guilt sometimes, I think, um, you know, even with not putting another person first, whether it's our family, like our parents or our loved one, but also with children, right? Because they're helpless and they depend on us. There's a lot of guilt um, I think particularly with women, but maybe with men as well, like, you know, sort of prioritizing your interests or, th- or your self-care above all the myriad things that goes on with being a parent and being in a marriage. So I think that that's one of the things that we should address. Um, I know I even personally, I've come into contact with that and I had to really work on carving out little times with my partner for myself, you know, or with my kids um, in order to make that happen. Um, And I think society sometimes can make us feel bad about that. Like we're being selfish. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm so glad. (laughs) So maybe uh, we can focus on, I'll I'll give my, my particular example that, that Sarah and I have struggled with and and I'm sure we can kind of work around that. So I love surfing and being on the water and it's a big passion of mine and a big, thing that that makes me happy being active and and the whole progression of this activity. So if you're if our listeners are out there maybe they have a hobby that they're super passionate about it doesn't have, you know fishing, surfing, being outside, you know or reading or all these things take time. So and I definitely feel guilty. Like I felt guilty before <laughs> our daughter came along like if I was surfing a lot, but there was like a lot of hours in the day for Sarah and I to connect. Like I would go surfing sometimes twice a day, you know, four or five hours and then I'm working 
And then, but there was still two, three hours for Sarah and I to have like one-on-one time. But then when you add in a kid, now she was like, that's such a luxury. Now. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's insane. And, and I feel, you know, not that I, I don't love Sarah, but like any, to any parent out there, like it's a different kind of love. And I feel incredibly guilty. Like when I go surfing, that I'm not spending time with our three-year-old, uh, Stella. So, yeah. And, and then Sarah and I have also had some conflict over this, not just with me not being there as a, as a father, but just with, uh, between her and I of like, well, during, there's only a certain amount of free time and someone has to watch our daughter and, Sarah wants to do her things and I can't always do mine. So that's kind of the outline. And I'm sure there's all sorts of combinations of this in people's lives. So how I'm over here nodding. I'm (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. And it it is, it's fun with kids. It just gets so magnified because time is, is taken up even more from, from the primary, you know, not the primary, but from the romantic relationship of the couple. Um, so I am struggling more and more now that she's a toddler and she's getting more and more personality and I'm as and into aware. surfing. Yeah. And aware that I'm gone and I'm into surfing more than I've ever been before. So it's, uh, probably need it more too, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So uh, I know that's a lot there, but... uh, No, no, that's great. And I relate to this definitely as a um, relationship counselor and also as a person, you know, as a mom and and a married person. So um, one thing I would say, again, is that I remember reading research that said that that people would rather be shocked than to spend like any time alone, um, you know, because they can't sit with their feelings. So I think it's actually a real positive that, you know, when there are things that we like to do alone to refuel, to then cu- fill up our cup and come back and that, and even the capacity to be able to be with ourselves. Cause then it's also easier if we can be a piece of ourselves, we can kind of get back to a good place to actually be around us as well. So even though a lot of times society will skew it and say like we're selfish or we're just, you know, kind of doing our own thing and not prioritizing the apparent first, or it's actually kind of, I don't know, ask backwards to say it like that because you need to fill up. Um, you know, even if it's 20 minutes or something in order to center and be calm and be the best parent, to be the best partner and to be your best self. Um, I don't remember if I told you this, I may have mentioned it when I spoke to you whenever that was before, but my last book was called The Book of Sacred Bass. And so after I got breast cancer, I was going, you know, hundred miles a minute doing coaching and therapy and being a mom of like, I can't remember when this first happened. I think my kids were like one in three. And I realized I needed to up my self-care and I wanted to um, meditate and pray and different things that I was learning. But I was in a really small apartment with a tiny, tiny bathroom that we all shared. And and so I realized the best way to kind of do that self-care was to do it in the bath. So that's, I developed a whole routine and that was based on the book. But anyway, I actually had to train. I got a lot of resistance, even for 20 minutes a day. And I had to slowly train my kids, you know, because obviously they have not too many boundaries. At that time, I think they were older, like now they're eight and 10. They may have been like six and eight. I don't know. But um, I had to train them to like, you know, wait while I was in the bathroom. And there's sort of social cues around that because usually when someone's in the bathroom, you might bother them less. You know, So 
to actually let me have that quiet time and, you know, everybody to tell everyone to go to the bathroom first. And, you know, and then I would get stuff from my husband, like really unsupportive stuff in the very beginning, like, well, we all need the bathroom, you know, how can you just, why don't you take a quick shower, you know, and that kind of guilt and stuff. But I really stuck to it. And it became a practice that was hugely symbolic and important for me. And it's fine now. Like now it's just become a habit for everyone. They don't even think about it. But you see, you have to go through that uncomfortable time, both with yourself talking with others to kind of like, um, to make them come along with you in the journey of like, this is something I do. I go to work out, you know, I do this. And, you know, there may have to be discussion in the beginning. So there's a context that makes sense. But then, you know, you go to work and you're centered. And even when you don't sleep, you feel more refueled. You feel you have a good positive mindset. And that then, you know, really pays off in terms of how you respond to things that are going on at work or to, to your um, spouse, perhaps, right? Because like, if you're going to have a conversation and you're in a good mood, it's going to go mu- much better than if you're short and irritable and resentful. Um, so there's that. However, the other thing I wanted to touch on is like you were saying that, you know, you mentioned Sarah, but it could be anyone uh, that she gets resentful because sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but spouses can become like siblings, right? Because we're all feeling like tapped out. Uh, we, especially when we're around kids all day, as great as they are, it's like we don't have time to tend to our own needs. So it can be like, oh, well, you just did that. I didn't get to do this, you know? So then there's a fairness or a power struggle that can come in. And I think both people need to try to address like, okay, this is really important to me and I'm going to try to do this then. How will we make that work? Whether it's getting in a third party, like a babysitter for two hours or, uh, you know, you, you go this time. I know my, me- my um, husband has been part of a group that he goes to for a really long time and he goes for like four hours, I think, with the commute time you know, every week. And I'm with the kids and, and basically we go on a day night every Friday for like four hours. So that's kind of like, even though that's for both of us, it's kind of like our thing, but he is encouraging. Like if I want to go out with a, with a friend, you know, or to a class. Um, and sometimes there's also maybe not in the case of surfing with your activity, but like, I love to learn. So some women will, will, will love to shop and, you know, I would rather put my money sometimes like learning things, but you know, it's a lot of money or time to go for like a full Saturday to a workshop. And now luckily I found out there's like Udemy or something. I can learn all this stuff for 16 hours for like $10. So I still need the time to do that and the respect to have that time carved out. But it's like sort of a way that it may prioritize money for our family, but still allow me to do my interest. So what I'm trying to say is sometimes there's many roads to Rome. And if you sit down and discuss and you both feel your needs are being met, even if there's a slight compromise as to how, uh, you'd be surprised about what you can carve out. Uh, and still make the other priorities work. Yeah. And obviously there's going to be a lot of different uh, circumstances and, and setups, but you touched on this. The key in what Sarah and I have found is communication and having, sometimes I feel like it's, I want to have my cake and eat it too, as far as like doing the things I want to do when I want to do them and surfing is this whole thing that it can only be done during certain times. It needs to be daylight Mm -hmm. and there's certain times, usually morning and evenings, that's better. So that further complicates things with our daughter because those are the only times she's home now that she's in school. So it gets, so now as a, as a dad and a husband, like I want to be with Stella and Sarah and and with our daughter, it, it, it's more limited in the time. So I have to manage 
that and manage my time and manage my life. So I try, if I know I'm going to be gone in the evenings, I try not to surf in the morning. So I see her before school. And then where Sarah and I have run into conflict is when I don't communicate that, hey, uh, this afternoon I'm I'm going to be surfing, I'm going to be gone. And then and she, and, and now Stella's home and, and um, Sarah can't, do whatever it is she wants to do. So, but I think Sarah might agree like 99% of the time, if we know ahead of time, each other's plans, we're able to work around that. It's just hard (laughs) because relationships are hard and communicating can be hard where, I mean, because I'm literally surfing every day. Like people might not understand and Sarah (laughs) sometimes doesn't, um, as far as the obsession and in like how much it is a part of who I am and, and how much I try to prioritize that part of my life as an important thing. And like sometimes when we run into conflicts, I'll be like, do you really have to go six days a week? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not. And I'll, and I'll just jump in here for a second, because I feel like the biggest issue that we have is what you mentioned, like that power struggle, that that balancing act, because it's not so much that I care that he goes every single day. It's what affects me is when I feel like there is an imbalance of priorities and really contribution to our family life in our household and everything like that. So when I feel like it's even and there's a lot of input from um, contribution from Chase and if he's surfing every day, then it's fine. It's smooth sailing. But when things start to, you know, get out of whack, that's when I feel that's when that power struggle comes in. And I I feel like I need to like reel him in a little bit, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And the other thing that you didn't mention, maybe you don't feel this, but I hear this a lot is Uh, what you're saying, the communication, knowing ahead of time, being able to meet your needs, but also sometimes not feeling invisible because there can be something already set, like a button already within women to feel like, oh, am I just the default? Like you go do what you want and then I'm left here? Like what if I have needs or I want to go out? You know what I mean? So it's that feeling of invisibility or, or, or lack of respect. And it isn't even that he's maybe trying to do that or it's even on his horizon. Like he just knows he goes surfing at certain times, but you may feel like, wait a minute, you didn't even ask me, you know, that comes up a lot. Um, so it's not even just that you might have something specific you want to do that day, but the overall feeling that um, your stuff is just as important mm-hmm. or right. Yeah. Or that it really needs to be like your team around your daughter. And so it needs to be a joint decision as to who's doing what, when. Um, and I understand. So like surfing, it's good that you guys can surf where you are even. That's one thing. And there isn't a lot of compromising on how to do it. You can't do it anywhere else, like in a bathtub or other time. So, <laughs> you know, I think that um, if there isn't the best thing, I think, like even with date night or different things that are um, habits you're trying to set into places to keep them the same times. But uh, again, with surfing and weather, that may not be possible. But then you can plan around them and you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time because as you know it's so chaotic when you have kids and you're married and all these moving parts so if you know she has a pottery class every tuesday then you're gonna work around getting a babysitter or whatever and she knows she has her thing and you have your surfing but if that won't work i think it goes a long way to not only um communicate but also to maybe ask right to be like is it okay if i go this morning or would you prefer i go this evening or something rather than like so I'm going surfing. And I'm not saying you're doing that to you. So I'm just thinking as a ex- general example, so that there can be a buy-in and it feels like a we and a team effort 
the other thought I had when I was talking about compromise, because again, it's hard to, to use the analogy of surfing, but like, and you know, if Sarah's already resentful, she won't probably appreciate this idea because she might not even like the beach or want to go. But if she likes the beach and your daughter so likes the beach or something, maybe you could all go together, you know, and you guys could do board games or something and watch and then you'd have time to spend with them. You know, I don't know how long you're actually surfing, but then after or before, you know, so that's like another idea, not all the time. Um, but just trying to get out of the box of like whatever the habits and the pattern normally is, which can turn negative, right? Like, and you see that you're playing it over and over again and say, is there another way we can work this? That would be more of a compromise or a win-win. Yeah. A lot of the things you said, are kind of what we came to after having, I mean, and I'm not saying we have it all figured out, but it has yeah. been a area of difficulty in our relationship more so now with a kid and it just highlights you know if anyone listening doesn't have kids it's like you don't even appreciate how much free time you have <laughs> until until a kid comes along and not even you know That's it's just kid. <laughs> yeah oh exactly you know and then it's not even but and then as a dad i i do want to be there and and we touched on it i have like this guilt uh, every time I leave, but I do try to understand, like, but I, it makes me be a better dad. Like if I'm getting this outlet in time to myself, which, which I need, I, it is part of who I am. I've, I've come to, to know that by, at this point, then I'm a better dad when I'm around here, but that, that's a balance, you know, and sometimes, you know, I, I enjoy, try to like take Saturday mornings and, and that it's, it's, daddy daughter time and and that's my time with her and and making that a priority but having that that schedule like you had mentioned is what has become valuable for for Sarah and I and but the important thing is cuz we kind of have a loose schedule but that when it changes and adapts that I get ahead of it and and mention not that. tell me right before he's about to walk out the door <laughs> yeah and that's when it's funny like the last three or four arguments we had have been me going, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be going surfing and it's like an hour before or whatever. And she thought that I wasn't because maybe we, we, it wasn't previously agreed upon. And then I'm like, in my head, I have an expectation. I'm going surfing and Sarah has an expectation. I'm going to be home and we're both breaking those expectations and we're both upset. And I'm not saying, I'm right here, but, but that's, uh, the more you can be in front of that and set things in place, like a babysitter, what we came to was like, look, I need to go like six days a week. And and that was one thing I had to <laughs> make Sarah understand like that. I really need that. And if she needs time, like, let's get ahead of that and let's get a babysitter so that she can have help or so that she can do her, her own thing and not be resentful. And, and that is, uh, incredibly valuable. And it's not, it's not always perfect. Uh, but that's something to put in place. I think that's wonderful because I, because I was going to say to you that it sounds like you guys have enough love and, and respect and kind of good times and stuff right now, even though you might be a little stressed out to kind of not go tit for tat. But a lot of couples, especially when there's a lot of resentment and anger would be like, how dare, when she was saying like, do you need to go six times? And I get you need to, cause it's like your therapy, your time, 
um, for your soul. But, um, but they might say like, well, can I go two hours like every day for six times a week? And then how's that going to work and whatever. And then it becomes a fight. Right. But I like the fact that, um, it was more like, okay, we need to go, let's do something that works for both of us. And then you came to the fact without her even asking you, like, you know, if you need something, what would that be each day? And, you know, how can we get a babysitter for that? Um, and I think that's a big one for people who have kids. You know, I work a lot with, um, people who are married and I'll talk to them. Maybe they've never had a babysitter. They have three kids and, you know, they just never got a babysitter. And I understand sometimes they're paranoid about who is so important in a job, like who will be their kids, but there are ways to go about it and to know that person over time and to watch them and then have somebody. And it is really helpful. Like if you want to go on a date night or you want to start to getting connecting with yourself again or being able to do anything. Um, and sometimes you can really lose sight of that. Like I've seen it work the other way when you don't ever do anything for yourself. Right. It's one thing when it's like the baby's up to like four months or a year or something. I understand. I've seen couples working through that, but ever, you know, then it's sort of like you forget who you are and you can get really resentful and have a midlife crisis or something <laughs> later. Right. So I think it is an important balance to be aware of. So what if there's a listener who is relating to all this and maybe she has or he has um, young children and she is like, I totally do not prioritize my happiness. I haven't had a, a girl's night or done a class or anything in forever and I haven't had a babysitter and I need to I need to start. So where how would they how would they start to do this? Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by our course, Spark My Relationship. We started I Do Podcast to get information to improve our own relationship. We thought at the very least we'll be able to do that and then to share it with our listeners. The guests are great and we've gotten a ton of valuable information, but we found that if we don't actually deliberately take the time to implement the strategies and tools that our guests give us, we weren't seeing the real lasting benefits that we desired in our relationship. And that's why we created the Spark My Relationship course. We've collaborated with 15 psychologists and therapists to create a comprehensive relationship course that not only teaches you the skills needed to create a successful and lasting relationship, but the tools to execute it. By enrolling in the online course, you'll have access to the same strategies and tools that marriage therapists teach their clients, including therapist-taught video lessons with workbooks and exercises to help you work towards accomplishing your relationship goals in less than 90 days. You'll also learn how to detox unhelpful relationship habits and learn healthy ways to interact. You'll learn how to disagree respectfully and communicate mindfully, as well as how to improve intimacy and reignite your sex life and so much more. Spark My Relationship isn't just a course for struggling couples. It's a course for couples who want to see their relationship flourish. If this is you, then you are a perfect fit for the course. So for a special offer for our ID podcast listeners, head over to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Again, for 30% off the course, plus special bonuses just for ID podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. 
I think you need to start with yourself. Is I mean, that's one way to go. But what I was, what came to me when you were saying this, Sarah, was to get in touch with yourself first. And um, I was taking a fun class online, just the very beginning of it. And she was talking about creating a sizzle list. And I just remembered that term. But, you know, I do it in terms of like, what are the things that like spark joy or light me up? And um, you can think back to even before, which is hard to remember now, right? You met your partner. What are the things that you did that you really enjoyed? You know, it might have been a certain type of movie or seeing your friends. It could be simple things or it could be think hobbies or things that you really miss, even reading such simple things that go by the wayside because you just barely like you're trying to survive a lot of times when you're a parent, especially with young kids. You're just trying to get through the day and not snap at them and right and kind of mm-hmm. like get all the movie parts <laughs> and keep the house and all these kind of things. And so it's very hard to even take a shower sometimes I hear, right? And for to sleep, like I have a new couple that they take turns trying to sleep and have to go to work, you know? Um, So obviously sometimes you do have to like in those situations in the very beginning have to prioritize the child because the child physiologically is not even on a schedule yet and right. And you have to sort of attune to their needs above everything else, but that does change. And hopefully that's better for the child for it to change so that they learn optimal frustration and also for you to start developing time for yourself again in a balanced life. Right. Very important. Um, also if you can get help from like extended family, like we said, some babysitters or even someone who's there while you're there, that's really important too. Um, but in terms of getting back to connecting to yourself and what lights you up or what fills you up or what gives you joy, I think you could journal if you're somebody who likes to write and just think back and sort of jot down uh, memories of things that you really enjoyed or liked. Uh, there's a movie called Sabrina. It was like a remake and that I liked. And there's this one line where she talks about she got really disconnected from herself and she had to go to Paris for a job and she was walking and she said she just... Um, that it's never too late to start, even though she was late in life to get to know herself. And she kind of explored the city and explored herself and found out what she liked again. So, you know, just even having that context where you're going around saying like, what's my favorite dessert? What do I really enjoy? What kind of movies, what kind of books, you know, it's almost like dating yourself again. And I know we don't have a lot of time to do this, but whether you're jotting down these ideas and then once you figure something out, it doesn't have to be written in stone. Maybe you think, Oh, like, for example, I just went to, um, Philadelphia with my husband um, for our anniversary for like a weekend and grandma watched them. And I, we went to a place just out of the blue synchronistically uh, called magic garden where the guy made all these mosaics. And I, and I just had my soul said like, I want to learn mosaics now, right now I couldn't, I looked it up, but I can't go for $500 and learn mosaics every Thursday <laughs> right now. I might do it eventually, but I found an Etsy class, no, a Udemy class for like $11 where I could start to learn it. Uh, or learn stained glass. So there's different ways to do it. And maybe that's not going to be what I want to invest in forever. Maybe I really will like it, but it's being willing to play and explore because as parents, we get so serious and we go into fear about the budget and taking care of everything and everybody's needs that we kind of forget to kind of relax, refuel and be playful, which I feel like is one of the things, I don't know if that's what Chase was saying, but just like having that time for you that you enjoy you have better will coming back to all the responsibilities and, you know, having that balance. Absolutely. And I think, I don't know if this is uh gender typical, but I feel like at least in our relationship and just the nurturing aspect of, of women makes a, a mom in particular be mm-hmm. a lot like, lose that 
sense of self or that uh, because you're so wrapped up in your child and and it's a beautiful thing and and there's a lot of joy in that but like i see sarah just her personality is not particularly um prone to like being super type a like i am and super <laughs> into into things so it's more natural for her to not like be drawn away from from Stella or from our relationship. And I try to encourage her. I love it when she's like, Hey, I'm going out with my friends or, Hey, I want to do a, a yoga class. And we try to communicate around that. And, and she goes, but like, it's nine times out of 10, I'm the one being like, Hey, I got this. And Hey, I got that. And I think Sarah and then feels like it's unfair that I'm doing all my things. And I agree, sometimes it does become unbalanced, but I think she could be more assertive in, in, in the pursuing things that she wants to do. And she actually made a, uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, a wish or a, a, a list for her birthday last November mm-hmm. of like trying one new thing every month. And I thought that was great because it was kind of outside of her personality as far as doing new things. And, and so that, that rediscovery of the self, I feel like is important for everyone. But I, do you find like that women, because of being moms and and that nurturing aspect that, uh, that sometimes they get lost in their kids a little bit more and don't prioritize their happiness? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked that question because I don't think I mentioned it before, but I wrote this book called when I had breast cancer six or seven years ago called When Mars Women Date. And so even though you were saying Sarah tends to be more that, I mean, and I don't know, she has to speak for herself, but that more feminine energy where you don't feel like she's as type A as you. I feel like I probably am because I wrote like 22 books so far. (laughs) And uh, and my poor husband is more like the cancer who's like, he works hard and he loves what he does. He's a therapist too, but he's like the more homebody and really playful and good with the kids. And I love being with my kids too. Don't get me wrong. I'm, that's my first priority is like kind of my family, but I love my work. I'm passionate about it. And I wouldn't have got my doctorate and all that otherwise. So I feel like that to me is almost play. And I get, I can get a little obsessed with all that learning and all that, but I feel um, that makes it even a le- level more complicated because as you can see, it's already can pr- still provide resentment, even if there's not something she's dying to do, or she really enjoys being, you know, um, and I'm not saying that's true of you, sir, but in a, hypothetically if you enjoyed primarily being with your child anyway there's still that rub of you know being asked and wanting to be able to do things but especially if you have two sort of people who are very into their work and really need to do things have that very primary need it can be very hard too so I think that's something that I talk about in my book when Mars and Indeed how from the very beginning not to play act and pretend you're a stewardess or something but to really put out there who you are and to find a guy who's going to be attracted to that and work with you from the beginning to balance work and home. And I go into how to do that, um, whether it's even living with them first or just noticing, you know, do they get threatened when you travel for work, which is a whole other element, right? Or when you, um, if they have to take sick days just as much or, you know, learning to do things from the beginning when you have a child together. So both of you are changing diapers and doing most of the same things, maybe not breastfeeding, but, um, and I think that is also maybe not the wave of the future for everybody because there's all different kinds of relationships. Um, and there's no judgment on traditional ones, but I think that more and more women are in that position now where they want to be able to do, do their careers and have a family and they want equal support with that and shared parenting and stuff. So it's a good question. Um, 
And do I think, you know, it's a judgment to say, do I think women should do more things for themselves? I think there's more guilt for women. You know, you never heard of the term working father, but there's a term working mother, right? Uh, (laughs) So it's kind of like you're a mother and then you work, right? But you're both parents. That's my take on it. So I feel like, yes, more and more women should be given permission, give permission to themselves to explore those things about themselves and to do their soul work and what lights them up, whether it's a hobby or just for fun or, you know, a passion um, or their work and still be good parents. And I think it's easier for them to do that when their work supports it, when their husband's work supports it, and also when their husband supports it, which is why I actually wrote my book, I think right before Lean In came out, but it's the same type of idea that Sheryl Sandberg was talking about is that it's easier to be a successful woman when you have a a husband that really supports it. And the last thing I'll say about that is I just saw the movie with my kids and my husband um, on the basis of sex, which is about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And it made me very happy because uh, I'm assuming it was pretty, pretty accurate, but she had a wonderful marriage. If you guys haven't seen it, no, it, really, I heard it's good. it made me tear up to see her husband really supporting her. Well, obviously she did a ton to support him too. Cause when he had cancer, she went to Harvard law school and took her classes and took his classes and basically got him through law school. A lot of it um, because she was so, and managed to still be a parent, which is hard to imagine. But at the same time, like when it came, push came to shove and he was going to be a partner, he supported her and tried to get her to go up in court and do her thing when a lot of men weren't doing that. So it was nice to see, especially so long ago. And I'm hoping that that happens more and more. And I think it's just um, something to be conscious of. I think I can really relate to what you said about the guilt um, when it comes to prioritizing time for myself, because like, you know, Stella's in school from what, eight till three. And then when she comes home, the the last thing I feel like I want to do is have a babysitter (laughs) watch her, you know, just so that I can go, you know, do whatever I want while Chase is doing whatever I want. So whatever he wants. So I feel like there is guilt there um, along those lines that I'd almost rather sometimes I'm almost like, well, I'll, you know, I'll stay home with Stella and you can do what you need to do just for that, to not have that guilt feeling of, of having a babysitter. Uh, I don't know. Do you have any advice? I do. I do. I mean, I have to say we are super lucky and I know this isn't the normal situation, but we, we not to make anyone jealous (laughs) of like these you know, my kids went to like a Jewish Y camp or something. And we knew, uh, I guess one babysitter that my son wanted to marry. And then she had like several friends that were very nice and all in this area. So they alternate like say on Fridays and they're really, and they, I even know the grandmother, but I know them over a long period of time and I really trust them. So we, we have that support, but I will say that like they bring so much to our family. You know, we just went to one of them, her grandmother died to their funeral. We feel like they're family. So I understand sometimes if it's just a babysitter so you can do your thing, you feel like you're hurting your child in order to do what you want. But sometimes if you can find the right person, they can really bring a lot. Like they'll come to their birthday parties, they get them presents, you know, they they bring whatever their personality is that may fill in for something you're not doing even, you know, um, like a certain craft or whatever. So I think it can you can look at it as like an almost an extended family if you find the right person and think of it as an addition to your child's life, learning to interact with a new relationship and a new person. It doesn't mean that, yeah, no one should be there and they should just, you know, um, like have a million nannies so you could do what you want or whatever. But so there's that element. Um, but also, I mean, maybe you don't have to do it at the same time he does and you could have your specific time with her. He could have his, you know, and then she gets that one-on-one as well. 
uh, in my book, when when Mars women date, I I actually looked at some of the research and they show that you know your kids are looking at uh, modeling what it is you're you're teaching as well. And when they do chores, let's say with the father, they actually do better in a myriad of ways, like at school, have more friends, like a whole bunch of things, which is interesting. Not and even though they're not doing those chores with the mother. So I feel like to have a variety of people can be really useful in terms of learning and their relationships as well. It's not necessarily a negative. Um, So yeah, I think that the guilt is something that you might question in yourself and say, yeah, I don't want my daughter to suffer, but why am I letting myself suffer? And is there a way I can work with Chase and with all of them and talk about it and say, what would you like to be doing during those time? And you're also modeling for your daughter that she needs to, you know, maybe she's not conscious of it yet, but you know, you want her to be able to take care of herself too, right? When she has kids or to prioritize some of her interests as well. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, after saying that we had Stella had a a nanny when she was younger that would take her to the beach during the days and stuff while we worked and she was like a grandmother to her. So we just need we just need to, you know, have Nico come back and spend a couple days with Stella. And I think it definitely does um, add value to Stella because they they adore each other. So that's what we need to do. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah, they know how to do like French braids, all yeah. this stuff. They even taught me about like nails and stuff. <laughs> so things I wouldn't know. <laughs> One of them edits my videos, or I would never have done an Udemy class. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think obviously there's a huge cultural aspect to all of this of of prioritizing ourselves, and then the the, the theme. You know, that we've talked about is, is especially as parents, but it, you could not be a parent and these things are so hard, you know, that you can sometimes be looked at as selfish, certainly if you have kids. But in the West, I didn't I finish the book, but it was basically like the anthropology of parenthood and how in the West we have kids are like these precious, untarnished um gems and and they need to be shaped by by their parents and and just like almost the extreme of it is like the over sheltering helicopter parent type thing but that in a lot of other cultures like i remember there's this one culture where the kid is not even given a name until they can start doing chores like they're wow and, and they're not like a person and no i'm not saying but like that's I know what you mean. That's how that yeah. culture was. And like they that they not that they disrespected the kid or anything like that, but they weren't like a fully formed human until they could like do stuff around the house. And 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 even then they weren't put up on this pedestal. And I'm not I adore my daughter and she's very much on a pedestal, but just <laughs> realizing that like there's a balance in that to not lose yourself in that and one day the kid's going to grow up and, and be a person and a mom and a dad too. And, but you know, this is obviously a, a whole other topic and podcast, but I think it's interesting perspective to have. And I may feel like I just do that to make myself feel less guilty <laughs> <laughs> that, Hey, in other cultures, this kid is not even a kid they, you know, and then as soon as they're old enough, they get put to work and, um, but finding that balance and, and keeping some uh, perspective might be valuable. Yeah. And kids, I mean, generally, of course, they're, they, they can be different depending on the environment that they're raised in. But generally, kids, 
they know the value of joy and wonder and just having fun. My God, my kids would like to have fun constantly. And sometimes I'm like, don't you realize that like life is work and you know, you guys have to do what you don't want to do sometimes, but which is an important lesson, but you know, according to them, their spirit, their soul, they just want to be here to have joy and discover things. So I feel like, you know, yes, they may miss you and yes, but sometimes we project that stuff onto them too, right? Because they understand having fun and learning. And as long as they're take well taken care of and safe and they know, you know, that you're coming back and everything like that, they may be okay with it if you kind of talk them through it and talk to them, mommy's going to this class and then I'll come back and tell you about it. The other thing I meant to say <laughs> is that when I was doing um, my two dating classes on Udemy, I, it was a period of time after that when I had learned how to use that, um, that site that I noticed my kids were uh, discovering all these devices and stuff and they don't have their own devices, but whatever they were using my husband's and they were playing games and I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't want them watching a lot of TV and doing that. And I felt like I wanted them to learn about spirituality, which is one of my interests. So I tried to combine the two and I made a class on how to um, teach your kids spirituality. And we did all these activities together and I thought maybe it would be helpful for other parents. So that's just one example is that, I mean, you can't take her surfing right now, but maybe there's something too. Uh, of course, Sarah should have her own time to go off on her own and clear her thoughts and just be with herself or her friends or something. But you can also try to do that as a family. Like if you have another interest, you know, on a different level, try to involve your children, especially as they get older. So that's another thing I wanted to mention. Yeah, that's a great idea. And, uh, one that I'm looking forward to. That's again, I'd love to have you back on and we can maybe, it's more of a parenting style podcast, but, but just, uh, of getting your kids into like prioritizing your happiness, but then, you know, if you have kids and then bringing them along and, and like you kind of mentioned, but kids are going to watch and observe too. And, and they're going to naturally pick, pick things up. But Stella is, um, uh, like three and a half and I want her to, to love the ocean and she does. And, but I mm -hmm. want to take her in the waves, but she's, she's pretty scared. So I haven't really pushed it much, but it would be, kind of my fantasy, my way of having cake and eating it too, of taking her surfing. Uh, cause I think it'd be fun for her. Um, but to me, it's a balance. I don't want it to be a thing that it's more fun for me and she doesn't really like it. So, so, uh, yeah, that's very wise. Cause everybody is different. And, and, and a lot of kids, they know what they like and don't like, but it is great to expose them to things that you love and just see how they feel. And, you know, maybe she loves making sandcastles. Obviously you can't leave her there by yourself. You'd need to take like a babysitter or Sarah would want to come or if she wanted to come, but she might make sandcastles or my kids, you know, we live right by the beach and they'll spend hours playing out there, you know, or even bring their books and stuff. And I feel like it's really good for them to be in nature. Cause at least where I live, there isn't a lot of it. Um, and to be by the water, there's something really healing about that and even the ions and everything. So there may be different ways that she would love and experience the beach or the ocean, even if she didn't, you know, obviously she may not be ready for surfing yet, but even just going in the water and being held or. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to get her out there and, uh, <laughs> and you have outlined some, some really great tools and, and perspectives to take when when looking at how we can prioritize our happiness Paulette are there any other things that we skipped over or maybe that that you want to leave our listeners with um, in regards to prioritizing their happiness before we wrap up um, the only thing I can think of is just that 
it made such a huge difference for me when I did that 20 minute ritual, which is why I wrote that book, The Book of Sacred Baths. So don't think something as small as 15 or 20 minutes won't add up in time. Because when you're constantly moving and running it, you know, sometimes if you don't take that 20 minutes first thing in the morning, it'll never happen. It doesn't have to be some big thing like going out for four hours with friends. It can start in little increments and become a habit, whether it's, you know, going to work out, doing your prayer in the morning or meditation or whatever it is, just start small and be consistent. And then maybe it can build, but at least you will feel like you are, you know, filling your cup first so that you can give. Well, thank you, Paulette, so much for for coming back on the show. And if you could just tell our listeners one more time where they can find you online and find more of your resources before we wrap up. Sure. So my website is my name, drpaulettesherman.com, D-R-P-A-U-L-E-T-T-E-S-H-E-R-M-A-N.com. And um, on there, I have a couple Udemy classes and links to my Amazon books and my services. Excellent. Well, we'll have all those links on your show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. And thank you again for joining us back on the show. It was my pleasure. Great talking to you guys. Hi, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, We also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, we are all here for each other. Um, The group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook, Love Tribe Fam, and you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our flagship course, Spark My Relationship, we hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more. As always, thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.